At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. the cryptid keeper podcast the podcast for cryptids and their keepers that's us and if you're listening it's you too i'm alex flanagan and i'm addison peacock and we are here today to tell you all about the good word of oh are we just right into it i don't know i was hoping i would think of something funny by the end of the sentence but it turns out i'm not that clever sometimes you start a sentence and you hope it'll take you somewhere but it doesn't it just takes you to a dead end (laughs) I was kind of trying to like, yeah, I was kind of trying to do like a free association exercise with myself, <laughs> but it turns out that's not how free association works. Um, uh, let me try to set you up. Let me try to like toss you the ball and you and you hit it out of the park. Okay, well, how about you give me like a color and a profession and maybe like the name Are of an animal. Are we doing short form improv? <laughs> no, never. Long form only. No, I'm kidding. Long form only. I have no strong opinions about improv, except that I am bad at it, as evidenced by <laughs> 138 previous episodes of this podcast. Uh, oh, no. No, it's fine. Um, okay, uh, an animal, you said? <laughs> maybe maybe we shouldn't do this. Okay, a fox. Okay. Uh, the, color, the color green. Uh-huh. And pastry chef. You just picked things you know I like thinking listen you told me to i know it was very very kind of you should i give you stuff you hate (laughs) i'm just saying those were softballs a flatworm uh oh god i don't know what color you don't like i'm just trying i was like what are things you hate um what's a color that just really ticks you off a flatworm the color gray and a right a conservative congressman <laughs> I actually just finished dyeing my hair gray yesterday. It's like a nice look. Gray's a nice color. I just was trying to think of a color that was really different from the one I had said. I, I do appreciate that. I do know that green and gray are textually opposite. I don't know what I don't know what to do now. Nothing good is happening here. But you know what? That's okay. What's funny is that this opener has been extremely chaotic and has been a little bit tricky. Almost as if, you know, you're some kind of you're some kind of trickster spirit, some kind of, uh, I don't know, some kind of, some kind of, this segue is amazing and smooth and I won't hear a word, I won't hear a word otherwise. Shut your mouth. Nobody would dare criticize you. I want to talk about the puka. Okay, let's do that then instead of whatever this is. Do you know what the puka is? I've been to, I went to Ireland again, I'm sorry. It's okay, I, I love that for you and I love this for us. I only know, uh, like, sort of, vague things in passing about it. I'm sure you will say stuff and I will be like, oh, I've heard that before, but but I'm not so intimately familiar that this won't be a whimsical and enjoyable educational experience for me. Okay, yeah. So what you should know about the puka in general is that it's sort of one of those, like, it's one of those, like, like the kitsune and other sort of similar spirits before. It's It's a shape-shifting sort of trickster creature that can either depending on the story or depending on you interact with it bring you good fortune or something really bad (laughs) sure yeah takes various forms uh usually animal forms a lot of the time rabbit sometimes other animals and sometimes it can look like a person i'm just gonna go ahead and uh start with uh a little entry from the irishroadtrip.com and this is that sounds fun Right. This is a little entry written by Keith O'Hara. And by the way, about the first of all, I should mention about the puka, and I'll have to decide which spelling I want to use for the episode title. It's spelled about eight different ways. <laughs> I did know that about the puka. I've seen it in many different, uh, many different fashions and forms. The two most prominent that you'll see are P-U-C-A and P-O-O-K-A. Mm-hmm. Those are the two that I'm familiar with. That's my favorite because it looks cute, but it also is spelled sometimes with an H in there, like P-H, 
O-O-A-K-A or P-H-O-U-K-A. And then there are some other variations too. Um, there's like a Welsh variation on the creature that's like a buka with a B. So it gets a little tricky to research because there are so many different spellings. But I did my best and I mainly stuck to the two most common, which are the P-U-C-A and then the cutest one, P-O-O-K-A. Now that one also does get a little bit messy because there is a movie <laughs> titled mm-hmm. Puka. That there's a made for Hulu movie actually made by Blumhouse called Puka, which okay. is not actually it's not about the creature. It's a name given to like a little like kind of um, evil little stuffed animal. So when you try to Google Puka, you're going to get a lot of stuff about the movie. I have not watched the movie yet. Anyway. <laughs> That was going to be my next question, so I'm glad that you cut me off. I know. I didn't watch it yet. Um, it sounds fun. Like, it sounds silly, but fun. I'll, I'll, I'll briefly touch on it while we're talking at some point in this episode. But I will defer now to Keith O'Hara and let him tell us more about the puka. <laughs> Starts with, ah, the puka slash puka slash puka. Different spellings. One of the many characters to feature in the Irish folklore stories I was told as a child that terrified me. <laughs> Now, don't get me wrong. The puka wasn't all bad, as you'll discover below, but it used to creep me out majorly when I was told colorful stories about it as a kid. So this is sort of a nice primer guide on the puka. So first of all, what is it? The word puka means ghost or spirit in Irish, or I've even seen some sources say that the word is closer to the meaning of something like goblin. Mm -hmm. We were always told as kids that the puka was a type of creature that had black or white hair. Now, that doesn't sound that scary. I know. But wait until you hear what it looked like. Uh, Pukas were often mistaken for an animal due to their ability to change shape and size. And they were feared by many a human in rural Ireland. Now, rural specifically because they're known to frequent the quieter parts. They don't like they shy away from cities and like more populated areas. In Irish legend, the puka was known to only appear at night and was feared by many a human, as it was said that it brought either good or bad fortune to those it appeared to. Don't take, it th- don't take me up the wrong way. The puka wasn't the type of creature that went around doing physical harm to people. In fact, there's no record of a puka causing harm to anyone in Ireland. <laughs> it's not on the record. The puka has been the victim of a years-long smear campaign, and I think it's time we put a stop to it. <laughs> it's one of those, like... I enjoy these the most, like, sort of these, these, like, these sort of kind of trickster spirits that, like, have this, like, fear, feared reputation, but there's no, like, actual, like, Mm -hmm. none of the stories end in, like, death or anything. It's just kind of, like, the puka showed up and everyone got scared of it and then it was, and then it left. (laughs) I mean, fair. I came across some of, some stuff about the puka, by the way, while I was researching the Dullahan when I did that episode. So, you know, I put this on the back burner, so I came back. Oh, neat. Okay, yeah. There's not a ton of crossover. It just came up because it was often being written about in, like, the same blogs and stuff. Anyway, so what does it look like? As kids, we were told that the puka took on the form of a creature that looked like a mix between a dog, a rabbit, and a goblin. Oh, evocative. In reality, this isn't entirely true. The puka was a shapeshifter. So a puka could take the shape of an old man if it believed that appearance would benefit them, or it could take the form of a dog. I've also heard, by the way, rabbit. I've heard deer. I've heard horse. In some stories, you'll hear it said that the creature took on the appearance of a black horse with a wild mane whose golden eyes shone brightly. In other stories, you'll hear of people that claim to have encountered a puka that had taken on the form of a human with jet black hair. And then it has it has this black hair and this golden eyes. These golden eyes. That's the thing, like, the same way in, like, the stories of the kitsune, mm-hmm. how when, whatever form, like, when it takes a human form, it still has a tail, things like that. Uh, the puka, no matter what form it takes, whether it's a rabbit or a human, has black hair and big gold eyes. So it, those are, like, the two, the two attributes it will take on no matter what appearance it has. Cool. I'm into that. That's kind of neat. I like this idea yeah. of it being able to take different forms in like a number of different ways, but always having that defining characteristic. I think I just think that's always mm-hmm. like a very effective one. It's a very effective device in storytelling. Not that I'm saying the puka's mm-hmm. made up. It's clearly not. It's obviously extremely real. But I'm saying that it <laughs> lends itself well to telling stories about them because of that kind of reveal or giveaway is just such a fun, fun thing to have in a folk tale. Yes, exactly. Yeah, this particular version says, and I see this pop up a lot, uh, that, yeah, and it has one common facial feature consistent in many stories. It's eyes, big, bright, golden eyes. So, yeah, it has big, bright, golden eyes, and it has black hair or fur, depending on if it's a person or an animal. 
According to folklore, the puka can be found in the rural corners of Ireland. While many have tried to search for the creature, none have succeeded. It's believed that they live in maybe small lakes deep in the mountains. Uh, in fact, some of these lakes are known as puka pools. Oh. Which I think is cute. Yeah. Now, apparently they appear to people. Obviously, they interact with human beings a good deal. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the story. The stories, plural. Over the years, I've heard many stories of people that have headed off on a journey to search for the puka to see if they could uncover its true hiding place. There have been two stories in particular that come up time and time again. Now, these may or may not be true, but sure, isn't that what a fine tale is all about? It's the unknown that adds to the magic. These are two of the sort of like most common uh, stories that pop up about the puka. And this is really funny to me because this is a good example of the sort of trickster spirit flavor that the puka has. Mm -hmm. You might have come across some stuff about the puka if you'll remember a long, long way ago. If you cast your mind back to the past uh, and remember the Kelpie episode. Yeah. Because... That's a classic. Sometimes it is. And I loved that episode, but sometimes the puka takes on the form of a horse. And the the puka horse usually presents itself to weary humans that have usually just stumbled out of a house or a pub and are a little worse for wear. Then the puka takes its drunken passenger on a terrifying trip. Imagine this is from the the, the Keith O'Hara piece I was just reading. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Formula One was held in a small rural town in Ireland, and you should get the picture. Oh, oh no! So basically, the, it doesn't hurt them though. Like I found multiple versions of this story. What the puka likes to do. Instead of the Kelpie, which gets you on its back and then drowns you, the puka likes to take the form of a horse and be like, hey, friend, you look pretty drunk and tired. You need a ride? And then the person gets on the horse and then it just books it and runs as fast as possible and jumps over stuff and like bucks all over the place to try to freak the person out as much as possible. And then eventually they're just done. That sounds like fun, though. It's just a prank. Like, it's just a fun prank. (laughs) Get on horse, go fast. (laughs) Get on horse, go fast. Scary fast horse. Puka horse, go fast. Sometimes you just want to get on a horse and outrun your problems. You know what I mean? (laughs) Here's the thing about that, Alex. I don't think the people in this situation were going in expecting very fast, rambunctious horse ride. But rather, since it tends to hang out outside pubs, these are probably drunk people very tired that want to go to bed. Listen, they're probably people who were looking for a way to cope anyway. So you might as well, rather than just drinking, which one, costs money, very expensive habit. Two, uh, will make you feel bad in the morning. Yeah. You know, maybe what you should do instead is just ride a real fast horse. Yeah, you know, that's fair. But that's an, that's one of the ver- that's one of the stories that is very indicative to me of like the the nature of the creature largely being like even when it's the bad kind of side of the stories it's still like not doing much beyond just kind of messing with people. Yeah, I feel like I incidentally I feel like I'm dangerously close to intersecting with like a cornerstone of the Pinterest community that's going to be like, mm, the real antidepressant is getting on a horse." Oh no. Like I just I know that that exists somewhere. No, you know no, what I no, mean? no, no, no. Like I'm sure that there is like a horse girl culture of horse girls who have now become horse moms, yep. horse Pinterest moms. I know they're out there. I know they're waiting for me. And that to me is scarier than the puka. Can you hear the click clack of their riding boots? If I stumbled out of an Irish pub late at night, <laughs> only to find myself face to face with a Pinterest horse mom, I think that would be much more terrifying. <laughs> Some say you can hear their voices whispering on the wind. Live. Laugh. <laughs> love. Anyway. I will uh I also I, I will I will hop to a different source in a minute, but this article is a great uh kind of intro that I enjoy a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh and this last bit makes me smile as well. This is like like I find the puka to be overall, like as much as shapeshifters can be a kind of creepy in general, I find the puka to be like overall just kind of fun. Just kind of a good mm-hmm. time guy. This last one is Pukas are known to love interacting with the human world. While their actions are sometimes considered boisterous, they're often helpful, even if they do enjoy a bit of play acting. The puka is known to enjoy an, a chat. Pukas have been known to spend hours chatting away to unsuspecting people, taking the time to give advice and share their thoughts on problems. Oh. 
I was once told that the idle benches you tend to find in many towns and villages in Ireland are places where you're most likely to encounter or see a puka. It's said they approached those that sat on their own to strike up a conversation. That's so fun to me. Yeah. They're just like, hey, buddy, by yourself, what's on your mind? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I missed a chance here to make, like, a few minutes ago, a very good horse walks into a bar joke. But now I think the moment oh. is gone. I just wanted to acknowledge that the moment is I'm gone. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I didn't. I just thought it was, I just thought it was nice. I mean, it is nice. And I really like that they, like, sit down and have a chat with you. I think that's extremely Irish of them. But I'm just saying mm-hmm. that, like, a moment ago before we got to this little anecdote... My mind has has tracked me back to that simpler moment when I could have made a very funny joke that would have made some people laugh. So a horse walks into a pub. So a horse walks into a pub. And says, need a ride home, and and then then it runs real fast. And the bartender says, why the long face? Okay, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The bartender says, why the long face? And so the puka gets insecure and shapeshifts into a rabbit. Oh. Oh, no. Wait, is the puka okay? The bartender didn't mean it like that. They didn't know that. Oh, no. You're so right. It really just goes to show that you should be careful with your words. And you should never comment directly on people's appearances. Mm-hmm. Oh, so according to ConnollyCove.com, which is the one I'll hop to next, the puka tends to sort of be associated with different characteristics in different areas of Ireland. This happens a lot with Irish folklore, which it's something I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I love a regional variant. There's the Connolly Cove art piece about pukas, like it's longer and has some of the same information I covered. So I'm just hopping to about three fourths down the page if you're reading along Mm -hmm. at home. What? Uh, But to talk about pukas in different regions. In some regions, dwellers respect puka more than fearing them, like more like how a lot of times like stories around kind of the fairies go where it's sort of like you you be cool, I'll be cool. Uh, Mm hmm. In other places, people are actively afraid of them. Now, some stories, like I just said, talk say that uh, they would come to give people advice or even to warn them about something bad that might be coming. Mm-hmm. Now, as the beliefs about what they do and how they treat people differ, the ways that they're supposed to look also vary kind of along with that. So in County Down, the puka is supposed to look like a little like hobgoblin, and it asks for uh, a share of people's yield. <laughs> Whereas in County, oh, I'm so sorry. I want to say it's County Laos. They take the shape of a huge, scary, hairy boogeyman. A huge, scary, hairy boogeyman. In Roscommon, the puka looks like a black goat. And in Waterford and Wexford, it looks like an eagle with a big, big wingspan. Ooh. Yeah. So like very different. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, I should mention, if it wasn't indicated already by what I was saying, that they, they, pukas do speak, and they can, they can talk just like a person. They, that's why they prefer to take human form, so they can talk to people. They take human form to either trick people, chat with them, give them advice, or give forecasts for the upcoming year. Oh, nice. I love that for them. Now... This is thrilling. I love this a lot. Up until a very recent time, in the southern part of County Fermina, people used to gather on specific far-up spots. They wait for a speaking horse, which inhabitants noticed before on the occasion of the famous Bilberry Sunday. Oh. So speaking, there's no more information on that, by the way. That's it. They wait for a speaking horse. That's it? Yeah, I'm sorry. I would like to now say... Or now read a section from, this is still the same article, but this part is, the header of this section is, the only one who ever rode a puka. You ready? Oh, please, take me away. Pukas have the power and ability to shift their guise. As per folklore, Brian Boru, the High King of Ireland, is the only person who got to ride a puka. In particular, the public knows Brian for his battles against Vikings. King Brian ruled from 941 to 1014. According to legend, he was a courageous man and was the only one who got to ride a puka. He got to do this by only using a three-hair special curb of puka's tail. Brian had the guts to stay on the puka's back long enough to basically, like, get it to be like, okay, fine, you can ride on my back, like, to to calm down and let him ride along. Stories say that King Brian also forced the pukas to agree to a couple of terms. Okay. First, Brian got pukas to agree that they'll never hurt Christians or mess with their properties. Second, pukas have, agree- have to agree they would never assault an Irishman except for those with wicked intentions. 
I mean, that seems like a fair stipulation. Yeah, right? I think so. Something I did not realize, um, multiple articles that I read about Puka's, like, insist on is, are you familiar with the movie Harvey? No, can't say that I am. Starring James Stewart in 1950. It's, it's, I, I know about the movie. I've never seen it. It's about a man who, like, uh, like, s- says that, like, there's this, like, there's this, like, rabbit that he interacts with mm-hmm. that only he can see that's, like, this, like, rabbit creature that it's, like, his friend and, like, do- plays, like, tricks on the people around him. And okay. multiple articles I've found insist that that is specifically meant to be like a variation on a puka story oh interesting okay i'll just read right from this starring the renowned actor james stewart in 1950 the movie harvey makers originally borrowed it from a play that has the same name there's also that um was the most famous drawing from the puka legend the story is about a puka with the name harvey in the shape of a six foot white rabbit the rabbit becomes a best i'm sorry the rabbit is six feet tall you never see it i don't think i think you see its shadow but yeah I don't like that. The rabbit becomes best friends with a man and starts playing tricky games with people around him. I mean... That's it. That's all I got for you. I mean... That's it. This also... I also see multiple articles insisting that the thing in Donnie Darko is supposed to be a puka. I've never watched Donnie Darko. Please don't yell at me. So I can't confirm or deny that, but I'm choosing to believe that it's true. I'm also choosing to believe that it's true. Right now, this is the only stance in filmmaking that I will ever take again. I am renouncing all other opinions I've ever had about movies in favor of this one. I like it. I'm gonna finish up with this piece here and then hop to another one, but I really love this bit here. This is, again, from ConnollyCove.com, and this little subheader is Pukas Never Say Goodbye. A puka shows up here and there, now and then, to different people in different places. The legend goes, if you have Celtic blood running in your veins, pukas will always be watching you. (laughs) They'll try to know you more, what you like and what you don't, to be able to trick you, play just to drive you crazy. They will stare, smile, and even chat with you. Moreover, pukas will tell you stories. And in case you're not the first one to dwell in a house, they may tell you that they lived there before and will, of course, know everyone that once held property of the house. You probably know by now that pukas have the ability of human speech. It's important to realize that during a conversation with a puka, one might lose track of time. And not until the conversation that could last for a few hours is over will you wonder what happened and who you were talking to. What's more important than puka's ability to talk is that they also leave out all of a sudden. In other words, they never say goodbye and will leave you wondering if the conversation was real. Um, Alex, are you familiar with the concept of an Irish goodbye? <laughs> I am. And it's interesting because here's a fun fact. The con- like Irish goodbye, if you look it up, has two different and completely opposite meanings. What is it? Which is weird. So basically an Irish goodbye can either mean when you duck out of a party without actually saying goodbye to anybody. You quote unquote yeah. pull an Irish goodbye and you're just like out. Um, but I also like one time when I was looking it up because it was being used in a context and I was like, I don't really get it. Um, apparently can also mean like when you take a million billion years to say goodbye at a party, like when you go around and hit up everyone and like make a big deal out of you leaving. Like when you do that thing where you're just like, oh, well, I have to head out and then take like 45 minutes to tell every (laughs) person why you have to leave. (laughs) That's so funny. I didn't know it had both meanings. Yeah, apparently. Now, again, it could have just been, I, I don't remember. It could just be that the one time I looked it up, it was like an urban dictionary thing and people just didn't mm-hmm. know what they were talking about. Um, but I have literally seen it used in, com- in completely opposite ways. And the article I was just reading from doesn't didn't reference that phrase at all. It's just that as I was reading it, all I was I could thinking think of it when you said like, it. Yeah. That is so funny like, to me that this creature, mm-hmm. like one of its traits is like, it doesn't say bye. Pulling it just an Irish goodbye. Dips. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of dips. It's like, all right, well, it's been real. Bye. <laughs> they gave the puka should have to give you some advice on your failing marriage and then dipped. <laughs> so uh, next I'd like to read from randomdescent.wordpress.com. Take me there. Yeah, I will. Uh, this is something I enjoy. This talks a little bit more about the folklore and then talks also about like some specific stories from uh, like different kind mm-hmm. of folktales and appearances of it. Um, let me uh, just go ahead and start from here. This makes me laugh. <laughs> I'm not going to lie right here. Uh, the puka held grudges and was not satisfied until it had settled any perceived slights. If it felt a person had insulted its honor, it would stand in the person's yard and call on him or her to come on one of its terrifying midnight rides. 
Oh. To ignore the puka's call was to condemn the house and farmstead to total destruction. <laughs> so, um, do you still think it's a fun ride? Fun horsey ride? I do. I'm sorry, but I do. I like the idea of a puka pulling up under your window at like 2 a.m. and being like, Dave, come out. Dave, Dave, get down here, Dave. Dave, you insulted my honor, Dave. (laughs) Come get on my back. Come get on my back. We gotta go. Dave, we're going joyriding. Come out here and get on my back or I'll spit on all your crops until they die. That's a thing also. I'll tell you, I'll probably hit on the specifics of that more. But pukas are often blamed for like failing crops, especially, uh, when like berries are lost to frosts and things like that. That's like attributed Mm -hmm. to the puka spitting on the plants and it, that's like, and it kills them. Brutal. Yeah. So that's like a thing. That's another reason you don't want to make them mad is that they can take out your crops. Mm hmm. So that's, uh, you don't want to, that's like the worst. I think that's probably the worst thing a puka does. Like, they're not like, like I said, they're not like particularly dangerous as far as the stories I can find, like toward people directly. But like, if you mess with them too much, they'll take out your food source. And that's like, kind of rough. That is a little rough. Yeah. Maybe not your whole, like all of your crops, but like, if you have like one apple tree you like really, really love and you like mess with the puka too many times, it's probably going to just like hawk up a big fat spit on that apple tree and then it's done (laughs) i'm sorry i said that so gross you know i wasn't gonna comment like as the words were making their way out of my mouth i started to regret them but it was too late like we were past the point of no return it was already happening Mm -hmm. yeah after a certain point it's just like hmm that didn't feel good no anyway here's a story about a puka um (laughs) Uh, here's a story about a puka from this little piece here. Uh, Lady Wilde told the story of a young farmer's son called, I don't, I'm going to just, I think it's meant to be Patrick. It's, okay. it's like an old, it's like the old like Gaelic spelling. So I, I I'm Got not it. sure. And if I'm wrong, I'm very sorry. I think it's meant to be pa- I Patrick. I think it's Patrick. Nobody's going to call you out. On okay, it. fair. I think it's Patrick. Uh, to whom a puka took a shine, an extraordinary man. He sensed the invisible presence of the puka and offered him a coat. Aww. The puka returned that night and ground the farmer's wheat into flour. In return for this labor, Patrick offered the puka a fine silk suit. The puka, so delighted with his finery, decided he would travel the world. I like all of that very much. However, with his fortune greatly improved, Patrick went to college. At his wedding several years later, the puka attended and presented him and his bride with a golden cup of lucky potion. Lucky potion? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's the end of that story, by the way. Oh, that's it. Just lucky potions. The the puka was like, first, he was like, I love that story. Just to break it down. The Patrick was like, just hanging out. He sensed that there might be like a, cr- a creature nearby and was like, hey, are you cold? Do you want a coat? And the puka was like, that's so nice. Thank you. I owe you a favor, man. Let me uh, let me grind up this wheat for you real quick and make you some flour. And then Patrick was like, wonderful. I, I made, I bought you this fine silk suit. I mean, I love that. And the puka was like, amazing. I'm going to travel the world and you can be a very rich man and go to college and, and meet your wife. And then brought him a lucky potion. <laughs> I want to know more details about the lucky potion. I know. I but... know. I want to know. What does it mean? What is Lucky Potion? <laughs> I don't know, but the puka brought him a golden goblet of it. Which I love very much. <gasps> what if it's a mistranslation of, like, an old story and Lucky Potion is just champagne? <laughs> oh my god, I love that, honestly. Either way, I love it. <laughs> yeah, either way, I do love it. Um. Oh yeah, really quickly, this, this article does also mention that it's not wholly unique to Ireland. There are some variations that pop up uh, in Welsh folklore as the... um. P-W-K-A, I think it's probably also pronounced puka, mm-hmm. um, or something close, and in Cornish belief as the puka, but neither of those beasts enjoy the sheer malevolence that characterizes the Irish creature's worst excesses. Yeah, that's fair. Also, the anglicization of the name is going to sound a little bit more familiar to people listening. Uh, an anglicization of the word puka uh, became puck. Ooh. You know, a uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, that puck. Yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah, no, I got it. That's very good, though. Isn't, yeah, that's, isn't that cool? Finding that is, was very exciting for me. Also known as Robin Goodfellow. That's a whole mm-hmm. other, that's a whole other side thing. But like, yeah, Puka becoming, turning into puck as being like this, like, sort of quick footed creature of mischief. 
Mm-hmm. I enjoy that very much. I would like to change the change pace for a second and read an article from the Daily Star. Okay, take me there. Because I bet you didn't think I would find any puka sightings. You were wrong. I... <laughs> Okay. I mean, I wasn't going to say that I specifically thought that. I, I don't think I... I mean, that that's fair. To- I know. I just wanted to counter that. Also, really quickly, I should say that there are some variations on the story where instead of having gold eyes, it has red eyes. Black hair, either red or gold eyes. Okay. So, relevant to this. Okay. So, this is from uh, March 9th, 2020. So, hella recent. All right. Human deer hybrid with glowing red eyes spotted bounding across countryside. By Sophie Bateman. Exclusive. There have been multiple alleged sightings of the creature in the Lincolnshire region, and each witness has described it the same way. Tall, with antlers and glowing red eyes. A bizarre six-foot-tall creature described as a human deer is roaming Grimsby, according to people who claim they've witnessed it. Wait, I'm sorry. Described as a human deer? A human hyphen deer. Okay. (laughs) Not just like a human deer. Sorry. Like, what does that even mean? mean? It's a human, comma, dear. <laughs> a human, comma, D-E-A-R. Okay. Lee Solway, host of the Realm of the Supernatural podcast. Rude for them to reference any other podcast but ours in this article, because we're the only yeah, podcast. No, I uh, told Daily Star Online there have been five or six sightings of the creature in the region in the last 40 years. Okay, so this is how it's been described. A half-man, half-deer with antlers that mostly walks on two legs. It is reported, it is reportedly, it reportedly has brown fur, a mane, and is the same height as a tall human man, and most disturbingly of all, has glowing red eyes. Solway says it sounds like a puka, a figure in Celtic folklore that can change its shape. It often presents itself as a horse, goat, cat, dog, or hare, but it can take a human form that has animalistic features. Solway says the creature was once sighted by a schoolboy bunking off for the day. He saw a creature step out of the cornfield, look at him, and then bolt, bounding like a kangaroo. Oh. Despite being a native Grimbarian, Solway hasn't spotted the puka himself, but believes there's definitely something going on in the area. I mean, uh, yeah, it does sound like there is something going on in the area. (laughs) I was so delighted to find, like, an actual, like an actual news report that wasn't just something that could be similar, but that they were the ones who said, this sounds like a puka, that made me very excited. I did not expect, I did not expect to find that. Mm -hmm. That is good. I realized a little bit too late, or, or into my research, why I had heard of the puka before. Uh huh. Did you ever read, uh, did you ever read the Spiderwick Chronicles? I did. It, it comes up in the Spiderwick Chronicles. There's actually a whole entry for it on the Spiderwick Chronicles Wikipedia, like wiki. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Man, it's been a hot minute since I read the Spiderwick Chronicles, but I loved those. They were my introduction to a lot of Irish folklore. They're good. They do a really good job with, with it. You know, they. I felt like they struck a nice balance of like putting a unique spin on things, but also... Um, but also, like, pre- presenting some actual, like, folklore and facts that would be recognizable. Mm-hmm, exactly. Something I did like about their variation on the puka is they say that it can rotate its head all the way around like an owl. Oh, that's fun. I think it's fun. <laughs> fun, I guess. I think it's fun. So I am going to now hop over to emeraldisle.ie which it has an entry about the puka. It says Irish and Celtic myths and legends, Irish folklore and Irish fairy tales. That's like what the website is dedicated to. Okay, and this cool. header is the rider of the crossroads, the puka. So here we go. This one talks about sort of the darker uh, versions of it, but I'll just go ahead and read from it. The puka or puka, two different spellings, is one of the most ancient fairy creatures of Ireland and is known farther abroad as well called puck or pook. In some places he is feared and in others respected. He can take many shapes, but most, common, most commonly that of a wild horse wrapped in chains with sulfurous or blazing crimson eyes. The nightmare. Nightmare, but nightmare. Yeah, no, I, I, I got it. <laughs> I enjoy that. So first it talks about like the regional variations I talked about a little bit more before. Mm-hmm. Um, now, but I'm going to scroll down here. 
Uh, first, it also does say other things they can wreak havoc, supposedly, on other farming things. Like, the site of a puka would potentially, according to some stories, stop the cows from giving milk and stop the hens from laying eggs. Mm-hmm. Now, this one I really like. It's very creepy, but I, I, I would genuinely like to see a, a horror short or even a full-length film using this particular version here. It says, other legends speak of the puka joining groups of travelers, befriending them, and speaking knowingly of their past, as well as predicting future catastrophes that would befall them. Then he would take himself off to a hole under the hills, chuckling as he watched these events unfold. Ooh. I love the idea of, like, being on a like a journey through the forest and being joined by a fellow traveler who suddenly starts to like indicate that they know things that they shouldn't know about your life. And I'm extremely into that energy. That's, oh, that's really good. I like that a lot. Do not steal. No, I'm kidding. But here's a story. One account from the 19th century tells of an encounter with the puka. In November, 1813, Kildare, I'm so sorry, Hunt, Known as, okay, uh, a hunt, okay, whatever, set out. Having indulged in traditional stirrup cup at Tipper Crossroads, the hunt failed to, ri- to raise a fox until it was approaching Tipper Kevin, north of Ballymore Eustace, County Kildare. Kildare, Kildare, here a large fox appeared and led a course toward Liffey. Simultaneously, an unmounted black horse appeared that did not belong to any of the riders. It was the puka. So the terrain was difficult and the fox ran fast. So only one of the members of the hunt, a man named Grenin, and a whore, and the horse, that was really the puka, remained with the pack. So seeing danger, Grenin, the rider, attempted to recall the hounds, but the puka ahead of them was tempting them onwards. The fox headed for the ledge on a narrow part of the gorge. Then, seeing puka's red eyes spitting fire, the fox jumped. It missed the ledge, falling into turbulent waters below. The puka easily leapt across the gorge, disappearing into the woodlands. But the pack of hounds, hard on the scent of the fox, went headlong into the pool. Looking down, Grenin saw the fox and the hounds. Basically, like, the horse led the entire hunting, like, the hunting dogs and the foxes into the water and then ran away. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Now, his sorrow gave way to terror. He heard a diabolical neighing, like an animal laughing from woods opposite. Grenon knew then it was Puka. Love that. Love that energy. If you were wondering about, you know, how to get rid of it, I don't know why you would, unless it's unless you've done something to get on its bad side. No, I'm kidding. But uh, if you need survival tips, don't often get to hit on those, but uh, like many fairies and many supernatural beings in general, it is opposed to silver. Does Mm. not like silver at all. Silver seems to cause anguish to the puka, as a man in County Wicklow found out when his silver spurs made the spirit buck and throw him off. It's not wise to anger them, silver spurs or no, for they hold grudges for generations. Generations, you say? Yes. I love that. And there are multiple sites in Ireland that are supposed to be homes to uh, the puka. Um, in Cork, there are two places uh, that are known as the Puka's Rock. And then there's also uh, a cavern in County Wicklow, the Puka's Cavern. This is where the man supposedly uh, made, used the, his silver spurs to drive the spirit away. Mm. So that's from Emerald Isle. What do you think about the puka so far? I mean, I think the puka's out here trying to have a good time, and it's largely a lack of communication and, like, context that leads to to difficulties and complaints here. Look, I'm just saying, if a magic horse rolls up and is like, hey, let's go have a good time. and Get on my back. And you're like, mm, think not. That's a recipe for disaster pretty much no matter what, unless it's a Kelpie, in which case the magic horse rolls up, says, let's have a good time. You hop on and it says, no, it was the wrong decision. So, you know, if a magic horse rolls up to you somewhere in the the Gaelic wonderlands, then you should either say yes or no, but you should be prepared for the consequences no matter what. I mean, that's fair. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) I don't know. That was a bunch of nonsense. Um, I think the puka's cool. I like shape-shifting critters. I like the sense of, like, mischief, and um, I like a creature that has sort of uncanny tells. You know, I really am very much a fan of the cryptids we talk about that I mean, one, like, are predominantly folkloric. I just really like the idea of passing down stories that get more wild in the telling, but always retain this, like, element of sameness to them. I think that's a very Mm -hmm. fun thing to explore in an oral history. But I think even more than that, I'm really into critters which 
could be walking among you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's something very fun about that, especially because, like, you know, we've talked before about the idea of intentionally retaining a belief in the fantastical. And creatures like this, I think, make it very easy to do that, you know, outside of some of the more intentional and and violent stories. I, I, I think that there is something neat about being able to decide for yourself, like, oh, maybe that stranger that I just passed on the street who had, you know, XYZ odd characteristics was actually, you know, I, I think that's very fun. Mm-hmm. If you see a stranger come through town with black hair and gold eyes, then yeah, mayhap right? a puka walks among you. And honestly, for the most part, with a few exceptions, most of the stories seem to indicate to me that they're like, they're very neutral at the worst, mm-hmm. beneficial at best. Like, in some situations, they bring good fortune, like that guy who right. gave it a suit, or they'll, like, warn you Lucky about potion. bad... Or they'll, like, warn you about bad things that are coming, or as a couple of the, of the pieces have sort of indicated, they like to, like, give you advice. And I love that. I can't promise it'll be good advice, but, you know, you never have that guarantee no matter who you talk to, fairy or not. And, you know, just in general, you ask for advice from even a friend, a trusted friend, that Nine times out of ten, it's going to be bad. (laughs) Yeah, you don't know if the... Yeah, like, if it's going to be helpful, you don't know. Um, So the puka has a bit of a connection to autumn and particularly to Halloween. Okay. I'd like to talk about that just very briefly. Um, And it's also just because the puka, I think, is associated with the... uh, like the harvest season in general, like you don't want to make them angry when you're harvesting your fruits and things because, you know, it can spit on them and, and make them not useful. But... Uh, really quickly from irishgenealogytoolkit.com. Um, I trust them. Yeah, they have, it's, it's a longer article about like the Irish origins of Halloween in general. Uh, the holiday is, of course, originally known as Samhain, or if you want to pronounce it incorrectly, but the way that it looks, Samhain. <laughs> it is pronounced Samhain. I mean, if, if that's what you want. No, you can say it however you want. I just like to let, like, PSA, because I see it pop up even in, like, media and stuff where people say it wrong, and I'm like, mm, you guys should yeah. know better. It's actually pronounced Samhain. Okay, can we can we really make that criticism, though? Okay, that's fair. We're, okay, but have we ever purported to be experts on anything? No. Not even once. So if that's fair, I guess I can't come for anyone for pronouncing anything wrong. But anyway, before anyone decides to ask to, like, if, if you hear me say Samhain, you might not know what I'm talking about if you're only used to reading the words. So that's why I say it. That is fair. Um, okay. So for Celts, Samhain was a spiritual time uh, and with, <laughs> with a lot of confusion thrown into the mix. Just it's a chaotic time. Here we go. This is it. Between years or in transition, the usually fairly stable boundaries between the other world and the human world became less secure so that puka, banshees, and other spirits could come and go quite freely. There were also shapeshifters at large. There's the puka. This is where the dark side of Halloween originated. To ward off the evil let loose at Samhain, huge bonfires were lit and people wore, you know this, the masks and disguises to confuse the spirits. And there's specifically uh, a lot of appeasement done to uh, particularly the puka because... Right here's a little specific entry about apples. Samhain marked the end of the final harvest of the summer, and all apples had to have been picked by the time the day's feasting began, because it was believed that on Samhain, the puka would spit on any of the unharvested apples and make them inedible. Ooh. They're like, no. If you wanted these, you should have picked them. I'm not laughing because it's just ridiculous. Um, I love, like, the idea of it being just this... They're, Puka's kind of petty. Mm-hmm. Oh, a little bit, <laughs> Like, yeah. pretty petty. <laughs> just truly being like, mm. But are they wrong, though? If you wanted these apples, you should have... I mean, are they wrong to make the apples inedible because they think you didn't meet their arbitrary harvesting deadline? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, but, like... But are they wrong, though? <laughs> Okay, maybe not all the way wrong. You're a puka defender, huh? I am. I'm sorry. I like. No, it's I, okay. It's been so long. I'm inside so much of the time. I, I just want to be a contrarian occasionally. I respect that. I I think you can. Quarantine's play, making me a little fighty. You can play puka's advocate if you want. No one's gonna. <laughs> but specifically, that's like the main like detail you'll find with them related to Halloween. But the puka seems to be associated with Samhain a lot, kind of throughout 
Uh, when you look up the puka, you'll find a lot of stuff about it. And mm-hmm. I think that's largely because, in general, there's supposed to be more fairy presence around that holiday. And then also it's harvest time and the puka is associated with that time. For sure. Year. But yeah, they. It, I would be remiss to not discuss their, their um, relationship to Halloween slash Samhain. So next, I want to read a, t- a more modern story of a puka. This is from irishcentral.com, and it does largely uh, talk about some of the stuff we've already discussed, like the story of the king who was able to ride the puka and all that good stuff. But I'll start from here. Lest you think that the puka is just another myth from Irish history, think again. The puka exists in contemporary Ireland also. For example, consider this report recorded by folklorist Owen Harding in July 2011. On Wednesday, 1st November 2006, about 7.30 p.m., Dennis O'Rourke, a businessman and investor, originally from Cork City, but then living in Malahide County, Dublin. One of my favorite things, I'm sorry, quick pause. One of my favorite things about Irish folklore is there's always, like, there's so much specificity of place as I've been reading. And I'm sure this pops up in other, like, in other folklore as well, because, like, you want to give as specific of an indicator as possible. But it's just between this and the Dullahan when I was researching them, there's so much specific, like... This guy was, instead of just being like, this guy was at this place when this thing happened, it's like, this guy it's, was at this it's place. It's definitely an interesting thing. Um, he had been I, living you know, here and he moved to here and then he was over here. I'm sorry, what were you saying? Well, what's really funny is I find that, too, like, there's a very specific cross-section of people I notice this behavior in. But, um, and it's, I can't even explain to you why I do this, but I do the same thing where literally anytime I meet somebody who mentions they are from West Virginia or, or who is wearing, like, WVU gear or whatever, like, there's this ingrained impulse to be like oh like what part of west virginia are you from and even if it's somewhere i've never been knowing the answer to that question makes me feel safe and secure somehow but it's very common to like have this experience of like oh you're from west virginia where are you from and then somebody would be like oh beckley and you're like oh i know somebody who knows somebody from beckley or like oh i used to drive through there all the time or like oh yeah i go to huntington every candle night you know like something like that you know it's I, i don't know there's something very um i think it makes it feel realer to people to be able to identify like a personal tie they have to the area it it somehow just makes the story feel more grounded (laughs) no totally a strange and well-dressed man was oh sorry i meant to say he believes he met a puka (laughs) a strange and well-dressed man was outside the front gate of dennis's home this man struck up a conversation with dennis claiming he had known him for years he went on to tell dennis about his family true facts he could not have known going back three generations and over and how, over the years, they had gained and lost money. This man, who did not give a name, also said that family finances were based on more than just heritage. They were also subject to the greater economy of a nation. (laughs) Aren't we all? Over the next couple of years, O'Rourke witnessed not merely fiscal fall of country, but his own financial ruin, including his business, his family home, and two other houses he had invested in. So basically, this thing came, or the puka came to warn him of impending financial ruin. Oh, wow. I love the idea of a stranger just being like, or of the puka being like, no, 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 you know me, you know, like, uh, your dad, he was, he, he was a farmer in this town. And you know, your mom, she was like, to kind of like prove to you that you know each other. Uh I find that very funny. It's good. I respect the way that the, that the puka establishes that sense of relatability. Yeah, exactly. So I am going to wrap us up with just a little... I always like to have a couple of uh, stories about a couple things from Reddit. This is not anything mm-hmm. except that it made me laugh out loud. Somebody in a Reddit uh, forum asked what the asked like what people thought the cat in the hat was from a folklore perspective. And oh. someone wrote very confidently in the comments, the cat is a puka. That's a strong stance. I respect it. I can't say I would have gotten there on my own, but I do I do like it. It's like they're charming and they're smart and they like to mess around with people, but like they don't seem to have any ill intent. I think maybe it's a valid reading of the text, but I just wanted a little quick. This is very, very short, but from 2018, a Reddit user posted about a puka right here. When I was living in Dublin, I took a bus to go visit a friend. It was snowing and getting dark. I looked out of the window and saw something in a field that looked like a mix of a horse, a dragon, and a lion. A dragony horse with wings. I only saw it for a few seconds, but I thought it was weird. I had never heard of a puka before and described it to my friend, uh, but when I described it to my friend, who is Irish, he told me that it was a puka. It probably wasn't and my eyes tricked me, but when I googled puka, it looked 
really similar to what I think I saw. So yeah. That's very good. It is good, right? So that's the puka. This is a friend to me. Yeah, I think he is. That's all I really have on the puka. I just think, I think, I think he's fun. I don't love the crop tempering. I don't love the one that ran the fox and the hunting dogs into a bunch of water for them to drown. That was bad. But you know, uh, the rest of them seem pretty chill. <laughs> I'm not going to blame all of that them. That was my for least favorite one. I, that, but yeah. I, I don't think that we should let the actions of one problematic puka speak for Exactly. They're not a monolith, you know? I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to punish the rest of the puka just because one of them was a loose cannon and did something bad. The rest of them just want to have deep conversations and uh, give people terrifying midnight rides on their their horsebacks. I like the puka. I would like to brush its mane. And bring Lucky Potion. Lucky Potion. Oh, that sounds nice. What would your personal Lucky Potion be? Well, my Lucky Potion is a little drink I like to consume every single morning. <laughs> and it's the sweet, refreshing nectar of black coffee. I'm drinking coffee right now. I understand. I consider any day to be a lucky day when I get to start it with that delightful brew that I crave. <laughs> and that's the Lucky Potion. And this is not an endorsement. There's not a particular coffee brand that no. I'm here to sell to you. Although I know it sounded like that. <laughs> You're just like, coffee good. Just coffee in general good. Not all coffee is good, but... No, um, but as a general idea. Any coffee I am currently drinking is the best coffee in that moment. So yeah, that's the puka. <laughs> I feel like I want to put a sign here that's like, coffee companies, this could be your ad space. <laughs> Literally, who wants to give us money? <laughs> Think how much exposure you could be getting. If you were sponsor, if you were sending coffee to my house directly, you don't even have to pay me. I just, I just give coffee, coffee. please. Just give please coffee. Give me coffee. And on that note, <laughs> someone give me lucky potion. Potion seller, I need your strongest lucky potions. I need your strongest potions. Um. So anyway, on that note, I'm thinking I'm gonna end. I'm gonna take us home. Do it. As always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there. Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.